Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. I have three things here that I want to bring up. The first is a bit of a cautionary tale and just some, oh, I don't know, general advice for uh, the individuals consistently bringing up this critical race theory slash cancel culture stuff. The second thing is a bit of a tip regarding teacher recruitment and how that's becoming more and more difficult, and rightfully so. And then the third is kind of a funny little story here about a baseball team in California uh, all being disciplined by their school board because they took a team photo without masks on. So I'll end with that story because it's pretty ridiculous, but it's it's funny nonetheless. And uh, I can see it from a particular angle because I used to kind of play uh, high school baseball back in the day. And it was pretty embarrassing then, and this is equally as embarrassing now. The first thing, however, is this critical race theory stuff. And you've heard me mention his name before, Chris Ruffo. Rufo, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, not sure I care at this point. But what he's done is, is again, he's you know he's got a pretty decent Twitter account, and he's labels himself as a writer and a filmmaker, uh, producer, whatever else. And he's got a lot of people who send him whistleblowing content from their school districts, in particular when it comes to this critical race theory nonsense. So. Apparently, fairforall.org is this organization, and I'm just going to read this tweet, but he says, I'm proud to be an advisor to the new organization FAIR, F-A-I-R, which has assembled a coalition of liberals, moderates, and conservatives in defense of American principles of free expression, civil rights, and equality under the law. Get involved at fairforall.org. And there's a picture here, multiple pictures of individuals who are apparently on this quote-unquote board or committee. Chris Ruffo's one of them. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of these kinds of committees because they don't accomplish anything. Again, I take the, I take the approach of Eric Hoffer on this one. He wrote in his book that, uh, you know, a long time ago he was invited to be on a on a committee in San Francisco, I believe it was, some local city council thing or I'm, I'm some education board, whatever it may have been. And he said it was the largest waste of time that he's ever ever had, and that uh, it was just the largest waste of of any activity that he's ever participated in. I just see some of the faces here and some of the names, and I recognize a, a few of them, and uh, they're not going to accomplish anything. This seems like a resume builder for these people. It seems like they're all in this for their own um, selfish needs, whatever those may be. You have Steven Pinker, a psychologist, I believe, from Harvard, so he's involved in this, and you also have Megan Kelly. And below her name, it says journalist. Now, think what you want, again, about Megyn Kelly and these people. But, uh, you know, she loves coattails. And there's not a coattail that hasn't passed her that she hasn't tried to grab onto. So, former Fox News, former NBC, former, former, former. And I just don't, I just don't think this is a good idea. 
I'm going to tell you something too about this critical race theory garbage. First of all, it's total pretend. We know that it's not even real. It's not a real thing. The, the, the people who peddle it think that it's a real thing. And then you have people like this, allegedly, on this committee who seem to think that, yes, it's very harmful, which of course it is. But I just don't think that giving the squeaky wheel the grease all of the time is a good idea. And making committees to attack the wheel that you are greasing seems even more counterproductive to me. So I just don't think that they're going to accomplish anything. Um, they're in a single person on this committee where it says educator or it says former K-12 educator or former K-12 administrator. Um, I see education reporter. I see professor of philosophy. I see attorney. I see a lot of writers, a lot of book authors, the occasional podcaster, I don't see anywhere where it says with any of these individuals, um, former educator, former whistleblower, anything like that. So again, I'm I'm uh, I'm off of the Chris Ruffo bandwagon here. I think this is a huge mistake. I think this is a bad idea. Uh, good luck. You're going to need it. I think the only way to approach the critical race theory stuff is twofold. Number one, we have to laugh at it. And number two, you, you get the law involved and legislators involved uh, so that they can put an end to this bigoted training and the bigoted professional development and one race is better than the rest and whatever else. Uh, it just has to, it has to be done away with from a legal standpoint. But making these committees to just sit around and I don't know. Stroke each other's egos, I think, is, a, is, is not good. I don't think that's productive whatsoever. So I could be wrong, but I don't know. If a committee is going to exist, you'd better have an end goal in mind and then just do whatever you have to do to get to that end goal so that you can accomplish what you seek to accomplish. They're basically, I mean, basically what they're doing with this is they're trying to stop Marxism. And you have to laugh at Marxism. You have to put it in its place by laughing at it. And the people that support it, they, ha they have to be laughed at. And you have to make fun of these people. And you have to make fun of these ideologies. And if somebody brings it up with, with a serious tone and says, oh, no, critical race theory is real. And, you know, they, it's important. And we have to teach that, you know, certain races are better than others. And that uh, there's such a thing as whiteness and white privilege and blah, blah, blah. You have to laugh at those people that say that. You just have to laugh at them. Call them foolish. Look at them laugh and say, aw, you believe things that aren't real. That's sad. And just leave it alone. But again, I, I kind of take the sort of the Morgan Freeman approach to, to, to critical race theory the same way that, that he does racism. Uh, you know, he was very famously on, a, on, a, on Don Lemon's show on CNN a number of years ago. I want to say at least 10 years ago. And he said, uh, racism isn't real. It's only real in the people in the people's minds who continue to talk about it. Do you want to stop racism? Stop talking about it. It's kind of the same way with this critical race theory garbage. Just stop talking about it. It's not real. It's fake. So just quit talking about it. I'm not saying that you can't highlight the absurdity from time to time. Not saying that you can't report on the absurdity from time to time. But you have to laugh at these people. You cannot. You can't take them seriously because they don't take themselves and what they're saying seriously because it's pretend. It's just pretend. So that's the first thing. 
as soon as I heard that he was joining some committee and then I saw the people on this committee, I thought, uh, no, bad idea, bro. It's just a bad idea. Uh, here's the second point I wanted to bring up. The second point is I was listening to Larry O'Connor's radio show the other day, and I'm not a fan of his, really. I, I really don't like his, I don't know, something about him I just don't dig. Um, he spent basically all of yesterday talking about uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It was really pathetic. We're in the middle of a coup in this country right now, and that's that's and he seems to find that to be funny and amusing and entertaining instead of talking about voter fraud and a thousand other things that he could talk about, but he decided to spend most of the time on that. However, I do listen because every now and again he has a decent guest, and he had uh, Heather McDonald on. Heather McDonald's a professor, I believe, still, and uh, or used to be, and she writes a bunch of books, and um, you know her, her books are pretty good, although I don't agree with everything that she says because she even said back a number of years ago, I could have been two years ago, maybe even three, that she didn't understand why everybody thought that Joe Biden was a pedophile. She said she doesn't see it. She doesn't, just doesn't understand it. And if you're interested in where she brought that up, she was, she was, uh, she brought that up when she was sitting in between a moderator sort of with her and Jordan Peterson. And the two of them were giving a talk someplace and she randomly brought it up out of nowhere, right at the beginning of her talk. And it seemed very strange. But anyway, with all that aside, uh, she's written a book apparently called the uh, the War on Cops, and she made a very excellent point on Larry O'Connor's radio show. And she said this: she said, not only are of course cities and even small towns chewing each other, you know, eating each other alive with um, the constant restrictions on police officers, but it's becoming harder and harder for not only police officers to recruit potential police officers to work within their departments, but they're having a hard time even finding individuals who want to be cops. And the whole time that she's talking about this and all of the statistics that she was bringing up, which were all valid and all of them make total sense, the only thing I, could I couldn't help but think about, of course, was teachers. Because the exact same thing is true with teachers. Everybody sees the constant war on teachers and the constant war on education. And it's not unusual that recruitment for teacher education departments is remarkably low. And then, say for example, they do recruit. What what, what is it that they're hearing from their from their professors as they're actively being recruited? And I've sat in on some of these meetings in the past before, and they're really really interesting because the students themselves will bring their parents to these recruiting days that campuses used to have. Now, again, I don't know if they're even having these anymore with everything that's been going on and the, you know, the constant virus lying and everything else. But um, if those departments aren't saying the right things when even their parents are in the room and they're not, they're not talking specifically about what it is that they're going to be teaching, how it is that they're going to be setting up that individual for success, not just in entering the profession, but actually staying in the profession and learning how to bob and weave and, and, and roll with the punches and then, again, leave an unhealthy working environment if they think that it's unhealthy, finding a new job, getting references, all of that stuff. If they don't teach them all of that and they don't say they're going to teach them all of that, then they're going to have a harder time recruiting. The other thing that I've said too in the past is 
is if teacher education programs don't actively talk about the pitfalls that exist within the education business, like violence, for example, and unprofessionalism and workplace bullying and things of that nature. If they're not teaching these future teachers, their own students, this content, then they're setting them up to fail because those are all realities of the education business. And again, the sad part is that teacher education departments are having a harder and harder time finding individuals to recruit to their universities to be teachers because they're having an even harder time finding youth who want to be teachers. And again, they just see the constant attack of education. They see the, they see the environment for, for what it is, and they see the environment from the outside looking in, even having just left it uh, as a high school student and now entering the college level. And do they really want to do that? Do they really want to social distance themselves with their students and make their students do that? Do they really want to wear a mask the entire time that they're teaching? knowing full well the research that that has existed for at least 100 plus years on being able to recognize one another's faces and and engage smiles and expressions on their faces and and what that means for actual individuals learning in an environment because again and I wrote this in my most recent book which I'll talk about in another episode because I haven't brought it up at all but uh the fact is is that every single teacher education professor who has you know been wearing a mask and encouraging people to wear masks and whatever else and 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 they're teaching these future teachers to do the same and to think about it that way they're ignoring all of the proven research on on teaching and learning it's all been ignored 100% that's basically what they've just done they've just said look we know that there are facts out there and hundreds of years of research and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, forget all that. Now it's the age of COVID and we have to do things differently now. No, you don't. You don't. Just go to school, take the masks off, cut it out with the distancing garbage, and teach these future teachers how to be successful in the entire business. But again, as Heather McDonald said, they're having a hard time finding people who want to be police officers. I bet they're having a hard time finding people who want to be nurses. And when you talk about police officers and you talk about nurses, you have to talk about teachers because they're next in line, basically. So that's the second thing. The third thing, here we go. Kind of a goofy story. All right, this comes from The Blaze. This is from about a week ago, but it's worth bringing up just because it's funny. And the, the again, the solution to this is remarkably simple. And it's whether or not they're actually going to do it or not. And I hope that, you know, I hope people do. And I hope that people who are a part of quote unquote sports teams for their schools uh, start taking some of this advice, maybe. But here's the story it's, it's titled California High School Baseball Team Suspended Because Eight Seniors Took a Yearbook Photo Without Masks. The school district said they violated their COVID 19 safety protocols. So the whole team was punished. And this comes from Chris. Pandolfo, if I'm saying that right, probably not. Uh, it says, quote, a varsity baseball team in California high school at a California high school was suspended after pictures of the team's, sen- team's seniors were posted on social media. They were suspended because they were not wearing masks in the photo. Eight senior baseball players at John Burroughs High School in Burbank, California, took a picture in January as part of a 
nearly 20-year tradition for baseball seniors to take a group photo for their yearbook. It's not unusual. Uh, The photo was organized by the boys' moms and was posted on social media. According to KABC-TV, Burbank Unified School District officials saw the picture, oh no, and decided to punish the students for violating COVID-19 safety protocols by not wearing masks and not social distancing. The entire varsity baseball team was suspended from organized practice and conditioning drills, and all eight seniors on the team were suspended for two weeks. One of the seniors on the team claims that the school board wanted to cancel the whole varsity season, but received pushback from the school baseball coach. Quote, the district and board members decided, or they tried, to cancel the whole varsity season as a result of the pictures, unquote, senior Roy Freck said. But our athletic director and coach fought for us, and they compromised on a two-week suspension instead. Good Lord. Don't slap this hand. We, we don't want you to slap this hand, but you can slap this hand. So they haven't actually... Uh, this is embarrassing. Even these coaches are, are not as strong as they could be, I guess. Uh, it continues in an email to Los Angeles Daily News. School District Superintendent Matt Hill explained the decision. Quote, we had a group of players and families dress up in uniform and take pictures on campus in violation of health orders. No masks, no social distancing, and mixing of families. Listen to this. Listen to this communism and mixing of families. Please. Then it continues. Uh, let's see. They then posted a picture on a JBHS baseball social media site. No player or family from the team notified the coach, school, or district of this health order violation. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, He added, I have decided to delay the return of athletic conditioning for JBHS baseball team by one one week so that the team can review health guidelines and safety protocols. I look forward to the team beginning conditioning on Monday safely. Rory's mother, I got, okay, I've got something to say about that, but I'll say it at the end. Uh, Continues here, almost done. Quote, Rory's, Rory's mother, who took the photo, said, quote, I'm very disappointed that our kids have been punished for something that the moms arranged, and I understand that there are COVID protocols, but the boys were just trying to make us happy, unquote. Other parents expressed outrage with the school district decision, quote, in ex- in, it's an egregious abuse of power, Brian Nichols said, whose son was among those suspected uh, suspended from the team, but was not involved with taking the picture. Other players who spoke to KABC-TV said they just want to move past the controversy and play ball. Okay. Here's what you do. This is so easy. It is just too easy. Here's what you do. Don't play baseball. That's it. Just quit the team. Everybody just quit the team. Go read a book. Go for a jog. Take care of yourself and quit the team. The superintendent said, I'm looking forward to you all being back and conditioning on Monday. It was a two-week suspension, now it's only one, and blah, blah, blah. Go over the safety guidelines. You want to tell that superintendent to stick it. All you have to do is not show up. Just quit the team. Don't have a team. If they have all these guidelines in place and you disagree with the guidelines, don't go through with it. Just quit the team. It's a game. It's not life or death. Nobody here is going to go pro. Just quit the team. Vote with your feet. It's the easiest way to get something done. 
It's the easiest way to show a particular message to a particular group of people who have already mistreated you, and now they're even controlling you even more. They're going to make them probably wear masks as they play, which is also a giant physical abuse to, to students and, and minors and countless other people. But they're going to do that. They're probably going to go, well, I like baseball, so I don't mind if I you know, suffer serious health effects as a result of wearing a mask and, I don't know, sucking on my own mask for nine innings and, and practically dying. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, because of the, it's because of the guys on the team. Just quit the team. Quit playing the game. Stop giving the enemy what they want. See, the, uh, the superintendent doesn't want you to not play. He wants you to play. He just wants you to play his way. So the best way to, again, stick it to the superintendent and anybody else that agrees with the superintendent, just don't play. Quit the game. Quit the bread and circus. And go live your life and do something else and be free and independent. Because when you give into these rules and these regulations, the enemy wins. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.